Don't let nobody tell you what you can be, what you cannot do. You know, people told me I can't make free throws. I made my free throws tonight, and I'm a freaking champion. I made them, and I'm supposed to make it. I'm joking. Um, actually, I'm not. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. show today and i realized a, a missed opportunity uh I, i'm letting you down a little bit as a radio host today because what i was going to do or what i should have done tonight uh is <laughs> i should have wrote in uh like an espy's monologue and i didn't realize that that was maybe a thing until about 20 minutes ago so the espy's were on last night i didn't I didn't watch most of it. I watched a little bit. You know, whatever. And if anything nuts happened, like, I don't know, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, well, I'll just see it on Twitter and then I'll go back and watch. But then this afternoon, to kill some time, I was watching Norm MacDonald and his monologue from 98, 98, back at the ESPYs. And I think, what was it, sixth year? And I thought, man, I could write something like this for the show. You know, that would take a little time. Now I have time. I think I want to do it tomorrow night. I'll write a little opening monologue. You know, there's Eric on I-90, everyone. Eric on I-90's here. Yep, yep. You know. Or David Monona. Yep, good to see you. Made it out for the occasion. Then, you know, you get a little roast in. Be fun. I think we're going to do that tomorrow. I should have been more on my game if I was if I was really a, a perfect show host. I would have done it tonight. But I only had the idea about 25 minutes ago. So tomorrow night, 4 o'clock, we're going to start the show with a monologue like we would do at the ESPYs. Maybe they can be called the the whiskeys, but that just sounds like the, that sounds like liquor then, which is kind of funny, but also, you know, you could misinterpret it. Whatever, we'll workshop it. Tomorrow night, 4 p.m., be here. We're going to do an opening monologue as if this this show is an awards show. We're going to roast some listeners, roast some guests. It'll be, it'll be a good time. Should have had it tonight, but I apologize. We'll do it tomorrow. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had just an awesome excellent day and i'm glad you're here uh i do want to talk about the espies a little actually i mean i don't really want to talk about them but there's a couple things i want to mention that's going to come up in the second half of the show at five o'clock we're going to talk brewers tonight little brewers yep little uh juan soto of course little there's a sprinkle of juan soto just about every day this week it's the biggest story in in american sports right now i want to talk about kyler murray he got a new contract today i'm not that interested in Kyler Murray himself, I, I want to talk about the contract and what this contract means, right? What did we learn from this whole Kyler Murray experience when it finally came to a head today and he finally ended up getting his deal, the deal that he wanted? Well, what does that mean? What did we learn? Well, I want to talk about that. Our friend Ebo from Over the Line, 6 to 10, the morning show, he's going to join us at 435. We don't get Ebo very often. I try not to ask him too often. I, I try to, to really make it special when he comes on. I think it's going to be special. We're going to talk with Ebo at 4.35, and at about 5.30, I know that everyone's going to be riled up about this because I tweeted about it, like, casually, and everyone jumped in my mentions, including Andrew Wagner. Andrew Wagner was ready to go. Uh, it's the list of the average cost of a family of four to attend an MLB game, and they broke it down by team, by ticket price, beer price, soda price, hot dog, parking, total. All, all, all is on there. If you saw the chart on Twitter, it was trending earlier this week. We've just been talking about other things. I thought, all right, tonight, let's get to that. Let's talk about 
how much it costs to go to a Brewer game. You know, are you springing for the beers? Are you springing for the hot dogs? Do you eat before you come in, right? Let's just BS about how much it costs to go to a game. And it might be fun to compare prices at American Family Field to Wrigley or in Cincinnati at Great American Ballpark or wherever. It's dirt cheap to go to a Diamondbacks game, by the way. Maybe you should hop a flight down to Arizona, taking some baseball for a couple of days. So that's coming up in the second half of the show. Give me a call or a text, 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Got a tweet from Zach and Wisco. He says, I understand you're going to be at Coachman's on August 5th. I must buy you a bourbon lemonade so you can tolerate David Monona for six hours. Zach, seeing you ask, yes, I am going to be there, barring any unforeseen circumstance. Uh, it is my goal to do the Wisco Sports Show from Coachman's that evening. And seeing I don't golf, not only will I be tolerating David Monona for six hours, I think I'm going to be the guy driving him around. I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be Dave's handler. Uh, so maybe a bourbon lemonade that does sound delicious. I might just take you up on that, Zach. Thank you for the tweet. And yes, I will be at the Zone Golf Outing. I am very excited. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks for the tweet at Wisco Grant. Let's start with Kyler Murray. We had a fun little uh, breaking news nugget around lunchtime today in a relatively quiet sports week. Not much going on. It's the all-star break, but the NFL never stops. Kyler Murray gets his new deal. And I know everyone, everyone's been dying to know about the... Kyler Murray deal. Even if I'm out in lacrosse, all I ever hear is Kyler Murray going to get a new extension. I was at uh, this is, we got this new quick trip on the south side. Oh my god, this thing is this thing is the truth. And I was there on Monday, and everyone was talking about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. No, I, I understand he's the Arizona quarterback. It's not like we talk about Kyler Murray on this show every day, but it's breaking news, and I think we can learn something from this contract. Shefty tweeted at 11:55 this morning, 230 million total, 160 million guaranteed. $46.1 million per year, right? Those are the figures. I don't really care about the total because the total doesn't really tell us much. The guaranteed is nice for Kyler Murray, and that's a number that he can hang his hat on because he gets that much guaranteed money. What I really care about, and I think what most fans care about, is the number that we use to judge him relative to his peers, and that's how much money per year. $46.1 million per year puts him second most in the, excuse me, puts him second most in the NFL, which makes sense. You know, second highest makes sense. You know, Kyler Murray, he's a good quarterback, but hasn't had much playoff success. So certainly the number one guy, I'm assuming the number one guy's had a lot of playoff success as of late. Probably won some Super Bowls. Let me check who's number one. I mean, the highest paid guy, he must be owning the playoffs. Oh, that's right. Number one is Aaron Rodgers. Another guy who hasn't been winning in the playoffs. Okay, whatever. Everyone gets paid, right? We get it. Rodgers is 50 million. Kyler Murray's 46.1, but Rogers 50 million as we've been, it's team friendly, everyone. It's, it's team friendly um, and categorically false as well. Uh, Rogers words, not mine. I don't want to talk about Kyler Murray for 50 minutes to start the show. I don't really care that much about him as a player, the way the Rams are right now. And I think the way the Niners are going to be, they're probably gonna be the second or third best team in their division. The Minnesota Vikings of the West, you know, whatever. I do want to talk about his contract. Let's summarize and review the order of operations for Arizona. And what has happened since Kyler Murray got drafted? So, remember the year before they took Kyler Murray, they drafted Josh Rosen. And despite what people will tell you now, people loved that pick. Wow, Josh Rosen, good situation, good team, franchise in Arizona. He can he can set up shop there, grow into the quarterback. Everyone thought when Josh Rosen was drafted, most pro-ready quarterback, ready to, ready to play right away, and everyone was wrong. And now we all look back. Oh, I never understood the Josh Rosen pick. Okay, whatever. So the Cardinals took a quarterback the year before, then they stink. They have the number one pick, 
And Steve Keim and the Cardinals say, we're going to take another quarterback. We're going to move off of Rosen. That's not working. We're going to take Kyler Murray. Okay, they play out a year, whatever. Then they hire a coach just for him. They go get Cliff Kingsbury just for Kyler Murray. Then, not that long after, they trade for DeAndre Hopkins, and they pay him a bunch of money. There's your number one, new number one. We got DeAndre Hopkins for you. Steve Kime has put a lot of eggs in the Kyler Murray basket. I mean, this offseason, they gave up a one for Hollywood Brown. They gave away a first-round pick to get Hollywood Brown, who's fine, but... I don't know. You didn't even have to give a first-round pick to get DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to give up a one to get Hollywood Brown. Okay, they're investing. They're building around Kyler Murray. They're putting all of their eggs in the Kyler Murray basket. Steve Kime, the general manager, not many general managers can get away with that. They can't take a quarterback one year, immediately turn around the next year and take another. These are basically saying, uh, I was wrong last year, but I'm not wrong this time. Trust me this time when I draft this quarterback. Trust me this time when I hire this coach and trade for all these wide receivers, right? All in on Kyler Murray. A lot of eggs in that basket. And after all of those eggs were put in this basket, the Cardinals still really weren't 100% sure, at least publicly. Dragged their feet on a new contract. They didn't really want to jump at the opportunity to give him a big payday after this season. Kyler Murray taking all the Cardinals stuff off his social media. We had a little bit of a little bit of a standoff. Kyler Murray has never really made it through a season 100% healthy. He always gets dinged, and then his play diminishes in the second half, which is also a trait of Cliff Kingsbury teams historically. He's never really made it through a season 100%. He maybe had the worst playoff debut I've ever seen. We all watched that Cardinals-Rams game a couple of months ago. Feels like forever ago, right? Think back to that game. Were you not just floored at how bad Kyler Murray looks I get he was going against that Rams defense, a lot of stars on that team, but dude, it was it was bad. It was really, really bad. Maybe the worst playoff debut ever, certainly the one that I've seen. Can anyone think of a worst playoff debut? I know that's a really specific niche question, but I think some of you have better sports memories than I do. I, I don't pretend to have the best sports memory in the world. I think what I'm good at with sports is watching a game and then starting a conversation about it. I, I don't pretend to remember what happened in 2007. That's not my strong suit. So maybe you remember a worse playoff debut than me, but I mean, that was as bad as it gets. He was thrown off balance, just straight up in the air. Like Joe Webb did against the Packers in the playoffs. Remember that was that 13, 2012, whenever that was, I don't have the best sports memory, but I remember that he basically just threw one up, lollipopped one right up in the air as Clay Matthews is dragging him down. Kyler Murray was doing that in a playoff game. So he had a terrible debut, a little dramatic this off season. Took the team off his bio and out of his social media profiles. And his team didn't just give him a deal. They gave him the deal. They gave him the deal you would want. I want to become the highest paid player in football or pertinier just about. They didn't give him quite Aaron Rodgers money, but they, for all intents and purposes, he's the top 1%. He's a few million away from being the most highest compensated at his position in the league. This is such a great case study in sports today. Guys always get their deals. Even if they shouldn't, or even if the team doesn't really want to, or even if they should get a deal, but not a deal as big as like 50 million a year. Well, they're going to get 50 million a year. It was the same with Dak Prescott. It was the same with all these other guys, right? This is a great example of how sports work. We always talk ourselves in circles. Well, do you want to pay Dak? Oh, do you really want to pay Kyler Murray? Yeah, they're going to pay Kyler Murray. Of course they are. Not only are they going to pay him, they're going to pay him basically the max. This is the second highest player at his position, 46 compared to 50. Team 
Team-friendly, 50, Aaron Rodgers. Categorically false. Remember that number. <laughs> I'm being annoying. Right? This is how sports work. Guys get their deals. Even if they shouldn't, and even if the teams really don't want to. I have some examples. Look at Bradley Beal. Okay, Bradley Beal just signed a super mega ultra extension with the Wizards this offseason. The Wizards stink. They're rebuilding. And Bradley Beal at his best is the 20th best player in the NBA, maybe. 18 to 22, somewhere in there. We don't need to do the math and sit down and make a list. He's somewhere in that neighborhood. Does that mean you should give him a max contract and a no trade clause? No, probably not. That's not what's in the best interest of the Wizards, but they did. Because guys get their deals. Bradley Beal, you want it all and then some? Well, it doesn't really fit our timeline or what we're doing with our salary cap space or like this isn't really our window to compete. And if we give you all this money, you're not going to elevate us there because you're really not that good. But okay, here's the deal. Here's a contract. Because that's how sports work. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the example of this. Vikings get a new coach this year, new GM, young roster. Would have been a great time to trade Cousins, turn the page, and look for a new guy. It's not like they're giving up. If they were to trade Kirk Cousins today, what what would Kirk Cousins' finest moment as a Viking be? That win over the Saints in the playoffs? Okay, nice throw over the top. Didn't need anything, though. It's not like if they moved off Cousins, they're risking letting go of some golden age of Vikings football. They've been, by and large, a 500 team. Would have been a perfect time this offseason. Let's trade Kirk Cousins. Or let's let him play out the final year of his deal. New coach, new GM, young roster. It's not like we've been winning conference championships anyways. Let's move on. Nope, they add another year. $35 million. Because that's what you do. That's how sports work. Jamal Adams. Yeah, I was looking up contracts today. Seattle gave up two first-round picks to get him. And when he got to Seattle, the results were really underwhelming. He was hurt a ton wasn't really all that effective. They weren't really winning that many games because Russell Wilson, by and large, is overrated for the most part. And they pay him four years, $70 million for safety. They can't really cover because that's what you do. Also, the Seahawks back themselves into a corner by giving up two first round picks for a safety that essentially just blitzes. So that situation is a little bit different. But of course, they give him the deal, even when it's probably not in the best long term interests of the Seahawks. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is a great comp for Kyler's contract. Maybe not for Kyler himself because they're two different players, different teams, different situations. But they get Ryan Tannehill and they finally have some stability. They're finally competitive, you know. They're not going through Mike Malarkey and Marcus Mariota and all the other quarterbacks they've gone through. Well, they have a guy now. He might not be the best guy in their conference, He might not be the best in their division by the end of this season or next, depending on what Trevor Lawrence does. But he's better than what they had, so they gave him a bunch of money. He's going to cost $38 million against the cap in 2022. That's basically what they did with Kyler Murray. It's like, well, we don't love all of the things with him, the durability, the playoff performance, maybe a little bit melodramatic, but you know what? It's better than anything we've had. Give him the contract. Zeke Elliott. Dallas was bidding against themselves. No one else was interested in signing to Zeke Elliott to this deal. And yet they gave him six years, 90 million, because that's how sports work. The guys always get the deal. We can him and ha on sports radio and sports TV. Well, they really shouldn't give this deal. Well, they're gonna, because that's how sports work. Now, Baker Mayfield is an outlier. The Browns didn't pay him. And you might think, wow, smart Browns. They had a quarterback who was okay, but not great. Good on the Browns for not giving Baker Mayfield great money. 
right? Like the like the Rams did with Jared Goff. Okay, well, let me ask you this. If Baker hadn't have hurt his shoulder last year, don't you think he's he's under contract with the Browns right now? If he stays healthy last year, at some point they extend him, don't you think? And what if Deshaun Watson hadn't come available? You think they're letting Baker walk for Jacoby Brissett and maybe Jimmy G? No. But wild circumstances came together. Baker got hurt. Deshaun Watson became available, who's uber-talented, and now that's obviously gotten messy, too. So they let Baker Mayfield walk. That never happens. That never happens. So Baker shows, okay, when guys don't get contracts, it's mostly because of crazy outlier, unforeseen circumstances. My point, guys are always going to get their deals. And Kyler Murray is another example of that. 608-796-2558, Twitter at Wisco Grant. Let's take a break. I want to talk more about contracts coming up next before we talk with Ebo. It's the Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. We're going to talk Brewers. Juan Soto and ticket prices in the second half of the show. The Huddle, I believe, is the publication. Let me double check that. The Huddle, the Huddle, the Hustle. <laughs> Close, but I checked. The Hustle puts out this study, let's call it, every year. How much does it cost for a family of four to go see a ball game? Four tickets, two beers, two sodas, four hot dogs, and parking. Now, I can tell you right from the jump, there's an issue with the study because it doesn't include the price of a 50-50 raffle ticket. And if I can't get a 50-50 ticket, I don't want to go. So that's a that's an, uh, an addendum. Is that the correct use of that word? It's an, uh, that's an, an, an amendment, let's say, that we're going to have to make. I want to talk about that in about an hour. That should be a fun conversation. Ebo from Over the Line, our award-winning morning show. I think it's won an award. They just give out awards in radio. I'm sure Ebo's won an award at any point. Uh, he's going to join us in 10 minutes to talk Brewers, and we're just going to be us about some other things, too. I'm excited to talk to Ebo. He's on Twitter, at Ebo Says. You can text call the show, 608-796-2558. Mike from Chippewa Falls. It's been the week of the Mikes. He says, I would be shocked if Kyler Murray will last uh, the full length of his contract. He's not big enough to survive. Maybe, Mike, that's why Kyler Murray took a little less and maybe signed a little earlier. Now, he didn't take much less, right? But he's not, in terms of average annual value, the highest paid quarterback in the league. That's still Aaron Rodgers at $50 million. Kyler Murray's coming in a shade over 46. So he didn't reset the market. He's also right there at the top. So if I'm Kyler Murray and I'm thinking I'm small, I'm maybe not the most durable guy, I'm going to take the money now while I can, and I get, you know, 98% of what I probably would have gotten later on. And I cut out the risk of injury. I get my money now. I think it was, what, $160 million guaranteed. Yeah, it's a great number for him. He's set. I think it's a good deal for Kyler. I don't know about the Cardinals. If Kyler can be 15% better at the end of the year and not stink in the playoffs, this is a great deal. But if we get Kyler Murray that we saw last year and the year before, a guy who I think it's a little melodramatic, a little mopey, Someone who is not good in that playoff game, although that's only one game. So I don't know how much we can judge him on that. Um, then it's probably a bad deal for Arizona. But then what are they supposed to do? Start Colt McCoy? 
and hope that a, a Jordan Love falls deep to them in the draft and that he works out, like, it's probably easier to pay the guy, which is why these guys always get deals. Let's talk to Daryl, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daryl? By the way, Daryl, 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 before you start, I appreciate uh, you getting texts. You're sending me texts now, too. I like uh, going back and forth with you via text. This is fun. Thank you. No, I was going to start texting you back and forth about uh, contracts. Yeah. And uh, excuse me for a second. Um, I just uh, finished a uh, uh, chicken queue dinner from uh, oh. um, over by over by uh, Big Lots there. They're doing the uh, $13 chicken thing for the uh, uh, hunger task force over there. How was it? So, oh, great. Oh, uh, I added added. added uh, added the two dollar uh, ear of corn too, as well. So Smart. that was just a little, little bonus thing. Smart. But anyway, <laughs> uh, going all in here, I've never felt that professional athletes, uh, as far as it goes, are paid the way they should be paid. Okay. And here, here's here's why I say that: professional athletes should be paid. You, you get your signing bonus; that's your guaranteed money. You should be paid by how many wins your team gets. How many, uh, uh, as far as being on the roster, first of all, every game you play and every win your team gets. Okay. I think that we overpay for everything else. That includes all-stars. That includes, um, uh, I consider those personal things that you get as far as it goes that only get yay much as far as it goes toward the team. The team, if the teams were to pay players what they deserve as far as what they perform for the team, I don't think we'd be seeing the kind of money that we're throwing around left and right. And it would be easier as your next seg- one of your next segments is going to be about uh, concerning uh, being able to afford to go to a game. Yeah. Now my, th- that's, I mean, we let television contracts do, do all the dirty work. But the truth of the matter is if ownership ownerships would have taken the drastic move in the first place and said, Hey, we'll give you a signing bonus. That's what that's your guaranteed money. But if you make the roster, if you um, uh, perform enough that we win ball games, that helps the team. And then that's where you, then you escalate that toward the Super Bowl or the NBA championship or the World Series. Those are the kind of things that I think are lacking in today's contracts, but are given too much of the personal bits as far as the bit as far as uh, how many passes I make throw or how many touchdowns I get or uh, what my earn run average is or um, uh, that kind of stuff. I'm saying is that performance should be based on what it accomplishes for the team. And I'm getting to a point where I'm frustrated with sports Listening to your Kyle Murray contract, I I personally think that he's getting way too much for what's so little, and there are a number of athletes that are today that are in the same boat. I'm not saying that inflation hasn't increased the amount that uh, is involved here, but I'm saying is that we have given way too much money to athletes. I know they have a short window, yeah, but given way too much for what they don't accomplish on the field for the benefit of the team and its ownership. Okay, well, I, I got you on that, Daryl. I think one thing, and I appreciate the call. I hope that chicken queue is treating you. God, I love a good chicken queue. Love grilled chicken. $2 corn, great addition, smart. I respect that, Daryl. The one thing about contracts, it seems like most sports contracts are a reward for previous play, right? 
wow, this guy has been amazing the last two years. Now he's going to be a free agent. He's going to command so much money because he was great for the last two years. Does that mean he's going to continue to be great? Because the contract is going forward. The contract isn't the last two years. The contract is going forward. So if we're going to bring you into the team, add you to the team, and give you $50 million a year, are you going to keep up that level of production? Are you going to keep raising your level of production? A lot of times when a team gives a big deal, it's a reward for what the player has done. It's not a projection for what they will do. One thing that you can't knock Ted Thompson for and the Packers front office and the way that it, it conservatively operates, they're not high on paying guys for past behavior and past performance. They're projecting. They're saying, mm, you know, your play is going to tail off. We don't want to give you a third contract. That's why the Packers don't give third contracts, right? The second contract is often, yes, a reward for good play on that rookie deal, but also that second contract is inked with the understanding that you are now entering your prime, and we are going to have you on this contract for the best years of your career. And then at the end of this deal, even if you're still playing at a super high level, we don't want to lock you in for five more because chances are your play isn't going to stay as good, but the price is going to remain the same. So, Daryl, I'm with you now uh, as far as all-star appearances and all these things. Now, you can put value to a guy who makes an all-star game that sells jerseys, that gets eyeballs in the organization, sells tickets. But by and large, you know, teams give out contract money for a lot of things that don't always lead to winning. Right? You look at baseball. Atlanta last year only had one guy making more than $20 million. It was Freddie Freeman. They only had four guys making more than $8 million. Of the five biggest deals in baseball... Only one guy has won a World Series. That's Mookie Betts, and he's a pretty advantageous spot to do so. Huge deal for Robbie Cano in Seattle. Look where that got him. $600 million between Machado and Tatis, and yet they want Soto because they need more oomph in their lineup. So huge contracts, not usually conducive to winning. Um, But with a quarterback, I mean, you need a quarterback. That's the price. You need to pay that quarterback tax. They're going to make more money because they're a quarterback. We'll talk more about contracts. I feel like we just started to scratch the surface. But we got to talk with Ebo from Over the Line. Ebo joins us in five minutes. Stick around. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. One hour from now, uh, we're going to talk about how much it costs a family of four to go to a baseball game. Beer prices, parking, all these things. And I tweeted about it about an hour ago because I think it's a fun topic. And Andrew Wagner, he's not having it. Andrew's angry. He's pissed. Um, I don't know why. So maybe we can get him on sometime to talk about prices. But there are a bunch of people in my Twitter mentions. So I think this topic is going to be explosive. It should be a good one. I'm looking forward to that. We're going to do that. In an hour right now, a rare appearance of our friend Ebo from Over the Line. Good afternoon, Ebo. How are you? Grant, I'm doing well. And I saw what you were talking about as well for the baseball prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Family Field kind of in the middle right there. But I saw Andrew Wagner very upset. But then I remember because I had him on earlier this week on my show that he's always upset about everything. <laughs> that's why him and Rowdy get along so well. <laughs> well, that's what Ben, I texted Ben because we were talking about this topic the other day. I said, I think Andrew's mad at me. And he goes, no, I think that's always him. He's just a taller version of Nelson. His words as of about an hour ago. So, Correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you're not the first one to make that comparison in the last two hours. Um, This week, let's see. Derby, home run derby, all-star game, ESPYs. Have any of these things tripped your trigger? Did you get into any of these? Talk about them on your show. Anything at all? Uh, not the ESPYs because I 
don't care about ESPN or the FBS. I In fact, I didn't even know it was on until uh, earlier this morning. I was like, oh, look at that. Wow, another year I've been watched. The last time I watched it is when Brett Favre gave the like the like the half pretend clap mm-hmm. uh, to to Caitlyn Jenner. That's the last time I think I actually like <laughs> paid attention to the ESPYS. But Grant, uh, home run derby. Thank God Juan Soto uh, won a million dollars for winning it because he had to charter his own flight, flight commercial, excuse me, because Nationals wouldn't fly him after he turned on that deal. And the All Star game, I saw you tweeting about it. And I couldn't agree more. Did the announcers not know that Devin Williams exists? Yeah, like, did I, they just did they not know who he was? I mean, he's an all star. You'd think they would, but yeah, we covered those broad topics. I don't mean to be the whiny guy. Talk about my player, but you know, we had one guy who's going to come into the All Star game, and it was in the eighth inning, and then we ended up listening to them interview the Yankees catcher, which is fine because he got his shine too. But whatever, I, I just needed to tweet something. If I go too long without tweeting, I, I get itchy and twitchy, and I need to I need to do something about it. I'm not I, anti. I I haven't tweeted in days, Grant. I, I made one joke today, and some people took it political. I was just making a joke, and it was my first tweet in like four days. It felt good, though. I did check earlier today the last time you tweeted, um, and it's like, oh, it's been three days. It's funny because I did I did check your Twitter this morning because I wanted to see what you guys were talking about, um, and it had been a couple of days. I've, I, I've gotten less and less on Twitter just because, like, I just I just I look at it, I chuckle, and I hee hee a little bit, and then mm-hmm. I just kind of move on with my life. I go, it's ebbs and flows with me in the Twitter sphere. Well, you live in real life. You have uh, a wonderful wife, and you guys do things. You know, I live by myself. What am I going to do? I'm, you know, I, I need to fight with people on Twitter. Yeah, I just and- got done mowing the yard. I literally just got. I timed my gym and then mow session so I could get on the Wisco Sports Show with oh. you. I just got done mowing. After this, I'm going to go down to the lake with my missus. I'm uh, going to float in some tubies and sell my balls. <sighs> That sounds lovely. I want to go sit in Riverside Park on my walk home, get some sun. Because there's no window at work, so I'm going to stop. I think I'm going to sit on a bench, Riverside Park. I might uh, throw in my AirPods, crank up a nice scarlet begonia, sit there and, and take in some sun. Probably not in my, my private parts, but the rest of my body a little bit, yeah. Well, I mean, same for me, yeah. Like, I'll do all of my body, Graham, just a little downstairs a little bit. You know, it's probably the tannest part of my body right now, but it's good to get vitamin D everywhere. Well, that's not saying much. You're not exactly the most tan individual. Um, no, I'm very pale. No, you are. We're uh, <laughs> we're talking with Evo from Over the Line. I do have some lifestyle questions for you, but first, a couple of sports things. Um, the trade deadline is about three weeks away. I am preemptively upset about it. I'm getting angry to prepare uh, because I saw today the Cardinals were connected to Juan Soto. I just know it. The Brewers are going to get some crummy reliever, and they're going to bring back Jacob Nottingham, and I, it just it's going to suck. So I'm just preparing for it now. I mean, Grant, get the anger out of the way, the madness. I've been doing the sports radio thing for a long time, and ever since the Brewers have been in a, you know contention for the playoffs and you know possibly winning the World Series, I wish, knock on wood, mm-hmm. they've done one thing and one thing only, Grant Bills. It's the same topic every year. Is it should they buy, should they sell, or should they stand Buy pat? or sell. Yeah, or stand pat. Yeah. And essentially the Brewers pretty much stand pat because they'll go get like a 30- to 32-year-old reliever, He's got an ERA of around, like, three. And David Stearns will get his money's worth out of him. And the Brewers will use him a couple times. He'll look decent. And then they'll get to the playoffs, and we'll see what happens. But that happens every year, the last four years for the playoffs. It's, you know this about the Brewers. We just go have fun and get drunk in the parking lot. You know, so I have thought for a couple of years, we have this window, right? And it started in 18, and I've I've been – Okay with the patience, right? We have this young core of pitchers. They're not going any for a while. We don't need to sell the farm in 2019 just because we came up one game short of the World Series. We can let this kind of percolate, right? But we've gotten to the point now where you have this year and next with the pitchers that we have. 
I don't envision a world in which we come back 10 years from now and this team is better and we have the same amount of pitching. This is the first time we've had pitching in my entire life. In all seriousness, mm-hmm. Ebo, and I'm not trying to be dramatic, if the Brewers let the Cardinals kick their ass at the deadline and are perfectly fine standing pat while other teams get better and beat them to the playoffs, I'm not saying I won't be a Brewers fan, but I, I part of me will change in how I feel about the Brewers because my whole life I've told myself, when the time comes, they will go for it. And when they can spend and need to spend, they will this is the time right now. And if they don't, I'm going to, I don't know, I'll be a fan, but it's it's going to hurt. Well, the season before COVID, the, the market announced the owner and the Brewers, or I, w- I won't say they're crying broke, but they're like, we spent the most money we've ever spent. And yeah. it was like 133, 135, somewhere in that range, I think. And they were like, we, we, we went for it, but now we're taking a loss. It was like, well, also you started renovating your spring training uh, in Arizona. You're getting money recouped back from that. Uh, if you make more playoffs, you'll get money recouped from that for people buying tickets and merchandise and concession stands and you know yada yada yada. So they already cried broke a couple of years ago yeah. about spending the most they've ever spent. And Grant, we, uh, the Brewers—it's going to be a battle. No one ever said professional sports are easy, so it's going to be a battle. We know the Cardinals are always good, mm-hmm. but the Cardinals have had opportunities this whole first half to pounce on a Brewers team that's been you know fledgling a couple times here and having some little down spells. But they didn't capitalize. Now maybe they go and get a splash, and you know, in in the uh, you know, those next couple weeks here. But I, the Brewers have the pitching to do it. We know that they have the ability to get hot with the bats. We just have to see it. The question is, will we see it with the bats? The Brewers on the arms will get them to the playoffs by winning the division. But it's going to be you're going to be biting your nails. Just just trust the pitchers right now, Grant. And by the way, hopefully Craig lets them pitch a little longer than I don't know five innings. Well, we're seeing a little bit of a renaissance of starters that go late into games. you got to love this, right? That guy from the Marlins is going seven. And I don't know if you've talked about this with Ben Kenny, but I'm sure he's well. He's much more well-read on the Phillies than I am, and I've seen it. Like, the new Phillies manager, since he's taken over for Joe Girardi, letting the starters go so the bullpen isn't getting hung out to dry as often. I do think we're getting a little bit of a renaissance, a man's man uh, era for pitching, where they're now going a little bit farther into the games. you got to like that. I love it. I mean, they're starting pitchers even talking about it, saying, like, this is what we're designed to do. This is mm-hmm. what we work out to do. This is what we train all season to do. Uh, hell, you see Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole just a couple starts ago before the All-Star break. He was pitching uh, back-to-back the first time, the longest innings he ever, or most pitches he ever pitched. And he's getting, and that's Garrett Cole, the prize jewel of Major League Baseball. So I like it. I like the fact that we get to see, you know, pitchers do their thing, and then you rest the bullpen a little bit. And for the Brewers, for example, I mean, I mean, you see Josh Hader blowing up a little bit, but Grant, what you had, I was listening to Wisco Sports Show. Josh Hader does this every July, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. So why not let the starters go a little more and give him a little rest with this All Star break too? And then he'll come back and be the phenom that he is out of the bullpen. Let him hang out with his his newly born child. Just spend yeah. time at home, watch some baby yeah. Mozart. Do people still do baby Mozart? That was when I was young. Do we still do what that? What the hell is baby Mozart? You don't know what baby Mozart is? Oh, you'll have to look it up yeah, on I, YouTube. Yeah. I was actually playing Mozart today on the show. Ben Kenny was taught. Ben Kenny will swear up to down that he didn't do it on purpose, but he's lying. He went to concerts on the square last night, and mm. it was, which is by the Capitol. They shut down the square. Really? And there was an orchestra playing classical music, and he brought his uh, Phillies beach towel, a Caprese salad, uh, some seltzer, and his college football magazine. And he sat there and he read it, and he vehemently denied listening to the classical music. But why was he there? But why was he there at concerts minute. on the square? So I played Mozart for him and Beethoven and, and Bach. Bach Ooh, and wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did he meet up with a woman there? Uh, if the woman is named Phil Steele, a.k.a. the dude who wrote the College Football Magazine, then yes. You're telling me that Ben Kenny made himself a Caprizi salad just for himself. 
and took it, I don't know if he took made it somewhere. It. He probably bought it. He probably bought it. But yes, he, ben, or, uh, Grant, Ben went down there. There's thousands of people that go down there for concerts on the square. And here, Madison, they do it the, uh, Wednesdays in the summer. Thousands of people go down there, and asked, and Ben swore up and down that he didn't go there for concerts on the square. Then why'd you bring the why'd you bring the beach towel? Why'd you bring the caprese salad? Why'd you bring the seltzer? That's what every married couple does when they're down there to listen to classical music. Why why would they there then? Hmm. I feel like there's something we don't. So know. So I played Mozart this morning for him. Well, every I, time we talked about college football, we yeah. talked. We, I played Mozart underneath it. I am hosting the Thrill Michael show tomorrow with Ben Kenny, so maybe I'll have to ask him about this. Oh, bring it up, bring it up, bring okay, it up. Okay, I, I will. I'll, I'll pounce on him. We're going to text tonight about the show rundown, and I, I won't even mention it. I'll just I'll bring it up in in passing tomorrow. We're please, talking with uh, Ebo. You hear him on the Zone. You hear him on the mornings all across our network. Okay, uh, so it's the All Star break. And I've been thinking about life outside of sports. Maybe you've done this this week as well. You know, other interests, other mm. things that you're into. And I've realized this week, I saw my parents on Sunday. So I've just been, you know, big picturing life here. I have some new career goals for myself. And I want to tell you about them. And maybe you have some advice Ooh. or maybe you can pile on. Um, now, I want to keep doing this job. But I think these would be fun things to do on top of this job. Uh, mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. want to host a shift on Radio Margaritaville. And I... I want a four hour on a Saturday afternoon. I want to pick pick out some Buffett songs, tell some stories and host a shift on Radio Margaritaville. And I'm wondering, do you think our bosses would let me moonlight and uh, play some Buffett on the weekends? Also, do you know anyone I'm serious? Because I don't. I'm a big believer in uh, ask for forgiveness, not permission. So the, who, cares, the, the, who cares what the bosses have to say? This is Jimmy Buffett. As long as you put on yourself a Tommy Bahama shirt, and maybe you wink a couple times at some milfs. I think you're going to be just fine. Just fine hosting Mar- and have a little margarita, too, to go with Jimmy Buffett. Grant, I gave you the green light. I got I to gotta get in on a little bit of that uh, internet radio money that everyone's that everyone's a part of. I can double dip that. Well, aren't you going to Alpine? Aren't you in Alpine? Yes, I am. Uh, as long as I'm going to have to connect with the big unit himself tomorrow at some point or Saturday. I don't know. To get the tickets. But he says he has tickets. I just uh, need to procure uh, we'll them. See. So... If we'll I see. if I could, yeah I know until they're in my hand I you know but I'm coming into uh, Milwaukee tomorrow and he obviously lives in Brookfield so I was like well I can stop and get them but I'll be damned if I go to the big unit's house and don't at least peek my head out the back door to check out this world famous tiki bar so that's a part of this too. <laughs> what? Well, Grant, I hope I hope for the best for you. Okay, my fingers are crossed. You don't think you don't think he'd he'd welcome me into his home and let me sit at the tiki bar? For no, five he minutes? totally would. He, 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 He'd give you like a case of Bud Light, you know, uh, Bud Light a little how we how we look in treatment, and you to the tiki bar. I hope it all works out for you. I hope I hope you get to that Alpine Valley and you're dancing arm in arm with a, a lovely looking fifty year old mother and uh, singing along the Margaritaville. It sounds great. I hope I it's it's in theory we're there. I need to procure the tickets. I will text Bill. Although I think he has some golf outing or something tomorrow. Maybe I should text him. <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. Uh, last thing, uh, I also want to do this, and I think you would be in on this as well. I want to be a celebrity judge on Chopped. I think it would be great for oh, my dude. brand. Um, and I believe, and I believe this, Ebo, and I believe this about you too. You could put me on the set of Chopped in between. I mean, yeah. pick any two judges: Aron Sanchez and Alex Grinichelli. Stick me on the end and say that I'm the executive chef of some random restaurant. Make up a name. No one would bat an eye. I could, I could fit in on that set, and I think you could too. I could talk up my butt about three dishes. I would fit in, and I want to oh. do that. Grant, Grant, there's no doubt in my mind. I would love to be there with you doing that. And I would love to do Iron Chef. I would love to do Chopped. I would even like to hang out with Guy and Guy's Grocery Games or something or just yep. ride in this car to the, you know, the diners driving and dive. 
It sounds incredible. Grant, we can e- we're in radio, Grant. We don't have, we have the gift of gab. We mm-hmm. could easily talk our way through. We could not know the single ingredient and single ingredient that they're using, and we could talk our way right through it. So incredible. If you were to go on Iron Chef America, what would you if you could have the perfect secret ingredient? Like if I could if I could have a secret ingredient that's tailored just for you, what would it be? Wow, putting me on the spot with my secret ingredient. A little well, bit. Well, first of all, I pro- I would challenge uh, Bobby Flay or Morimoto. One or the other, I would challenge one of those guys. You're, you want to beat the best. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So you come at Flay. I respect that. I, actually, I take it back. I would I would challenge Flay and Morimoto at the same time. <laughs> and Grant, uh, yeah. I am on a carnivore diet kick right now. I literally all I've been eating is cow. So I, my I would go steak on okay. them, just the straight up any cut of beef, and I would just dance circles around them. I'd slap them around with some ribeye, dude. Wow. Both of them. Morimoto is one. I remember being young and watching Iron Chef America and thinking, I would not F with that guy. Mashahiro Morimoto. He's so good. He's, he's so, so good. He's so good. But then they started, the last thing, they, they diluted Iron Chef America because they started adding a new one every year. It used to be the four or the five, and they had the banners on the wall, and it was yeah, like yeah. sacred. It was like the presidential cabinet. Like, not anyone would just waltz in because they want a contest, and now it's watered down. But whatever. I could do a full yeah. hour on well, Food Network, but we don't need to do that. They have a new one. They have a new Iron Chef on Netflix now, and Morimoto is actually like a guest judge. It's not It's not the same, though. It's like it's Elton Brown shaved his head. It's just not the same oh, anymore. Oh, God. Elton, Br- Elton Brown was a psycho. Back, back in the heyday of Iron Chef America, that's another guy you wouldn't F with. Like, it, you were stepping into the thunder. I don't remember what it was called, but it was like an intense competition. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I know, dude. Yeah, like, listen, I would take on all those guys. Grant, you could be my sous chef, and we would crush them. I, oh, I guarantee it. God, I'm all about it. Ebo says on Twitter, Ebo, this was a pleasure. Um, I talk to you on your program once a week, and I will see you at our company golf outing or your station's golf outing. Thank you for bringing me into the fold. I will see you at Coachman's a few Fridays from uh, two Fridays from tomorrow, believe it or not. Can't wait, Grant. I'm going to Vegas next uh, next week, so I'm going to be gone in Vegas. And then after that, we're going to have a gamble, or you're going to gamble, I should say, by driving Dave from an owner around. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to gamble with my life. If I make it through the day, that's going to be a win. All right, thanks, Ebo. I appreciate the time. See you, buddy. See you, Grant. Ebo says on Twitter, listen to his show, Over the Line. I could do a full hour on Food Network. I could do, I could do a full hour on any one of the individual shows on Food Network. I love sports. Sports are my passion. But if I could if I could weasel my way into a, a gig at Food Network as well, and then I could do weekends on Radio Margaritaville, I'd be content. I'd be professionally fulfilled. Very much so. 608-796-2558. You can tweet me out, Wisco Grant. We'll be back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Got a couple of minutes before we pause at 5 o'clock. To quote Paul Allen, we pause at U.S. Bank Stadium. And football's coming back soon. Yes! But not yet. Rookies do report for the Green Bay Packers this week. Training camp starts next week, I believe. I think. We're going to have to get Mike Clements, our guy. We're going to have to get him on at some point next week to preview the Packers season. I talked to Bart Winkler today. Packers hot takes. Yeah, that's that's something fun we do before training camp every year. Only the hottest of hot takes are hot takes special. Ridiculous predictions. It probably won't come true. Maybe they do, uh, but probably not. So we just throw a bunch of things at the wall, see what sticks. That's coming up. A lot of Packers talk to come in the next few weeks. Not yet, though. I want to do a little bit more on the Brewers today. I want to talk about Juan Soto. 
the ESPYs were last night. Maybe you have some thoughts on that. Text and call 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. We just got off the horn with our friend Ebo from the zone in Madison. He's Ebo says on Twitter. Let's see. Got a text here from, well, I don't know who this is. This text is just the Browns have the worst contract. Yes, they do. The Deshaun Watson contract is pretty darn terrible. Uh, sorry, it took a, <laughs> took a took a couple minutes to get back to that. Yeah, we were talking about Kyler Murray's new contract back at 4 o'clock. It's just another example. Even when you think that the guy maybe isn't worth the deal and uh, maybe a little injury history, I don't know, maybe you got some question marks in the playoffs. Uh, okay, give him the deal anyways. Because that's how sports work, right? And the Cardinals would be dumb to let him walk for nothing. He wouldn't be walking after this offseason. He would be, I believe, under contract until the end of next year and maybe one more. But you know how the NFL works. As soon as it comes within two years of a contract coming up, you got to talk about an extension for a quarterback, right? And Kyler Murray, obviously, said some good moments, but he also gets banged up. And he was horrendous in the playoffs in his debut against the Rams. So there's some question marks. There was some drama this offseason. Maybe Kyler Murray doesn't want to come back to the Cardinals. Taking the Cardinals stuff out of his bio and out of his social media stuff, which is the most... He's not a millennial. What are, what are we? Gen- generation Z? It's, it's a generation thing. It's our generation, right? To quote Dave. Um, very much a younger generation thing. But we thought, ah, maybe he's not coming back. Oh, yeah, he is. And he's getting top of the league money. Just a couple of million less per year than Aaron Rodgers, who makes 50 uh, at the top of the pay pay wall, pay period, pay curve, whatever you want to call it for quarterbacks. So we talked about Kyler Murray about an hour ago. We can talk more about that coming up next, although I don't really care that much about Kyler Murray. I want to talk about the Bucks and the Brewers, do some Juan Soto stuff. That's the second hour of the Wisco Sports Show. It's coming up next after this zone update. Let nobody tell you which can be and which cannot do. You know, people told me I can't make free throws. I made my free throws tonight, and I'm a freaking champion. I made them and I'm supposed to make it. I'm joking. Um, actually, I'm not. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. talking about contracts and bad contracts Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed by the Browns right that's pretty bad well they just signed Josh Rosen who we were talking about about an hour ago isn't that nuts and that's nuts timing I hadn't thought about or talked about Josh Rosen in how long I don't know Browns are signing him to a one-year deal this is Schefter's tweet you ready for this Rosen is only 25 years old, and those who have been around him believe he is ready to prove he belongs. That tweet, written and sponsored by Josh Rosen's agent. (laughs) Despite spending time with five other teams, Rosen is only 25 and ready to prove he belongs. Well, I guess it's never too late. Age 25 is just as good as age 21 or 22 or however old he was when he got drafted. The funny thing about Josh Rosen is his draft profile, or at least what people said about him, I remember, is that he was the most pro-ready. From Darnold to Baker Mayfield to Lamar, Josh Allen, it was Josh Rosen who was the most pro-ready, ready ready to play right away. And he was the guy who never played 
Baker did. Lamar did. Josh Allen did, and he's still getting better. Dar- I mean, Darnold played. He wasn't very good, but he played. Josh Rosen was the one guy who didn't play out of that draft class, despite being his draft profile, saying he's the most pro-ready. He's ready to go right now. This is why sports are so much fun. We think we know even even minimal details about guys and how they're going to play and how they're going to work out, and we still don't. We have no idea. We have no clue. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I appreciate you hanging out, and I hope you're having... An awesome day. We appreciate Ebo. Brother Ebo joined us back at 435 or so. If you missed that conversation, it was a fun one. Naturally, we had to talk about Food Network. I think we worked some Jimmy Buffett into the conversation as well. That'll be a part of the podcast. I'll post the podcast just after 6 o'clock. 608-796-2558. Give me a call or a text. I'm on Twitter. At Wisco Grant. Did anyone watch the ESPYs last night? I watched probably 20 minutes then Russell Wilson came on my screen, and then I got pissed, so I, I muted it. I probably watched it for 20 minutes with the sound on and then 20 more minutes on mute. See, this is how my generation works, okay? We always need things to listen to or need things to watch. So I will sit on my couch when I get home and listen to a podcast in my headphones while working on my laptop, and then I still need something on the TV, right? That, that's just my generation. We're, we're scared of being alone with our thoughts. I, I just, I need to be stimulated. If I'm not listening to music, I'm listening to a podcast or something's on the TV or something is on my laptop or all, right? All going on. So I watched 20 minutes live, probably had 20 more minutes on when it was on mute. Award shows just make me uncomfortable. Like They're cringy, but that's the point of an award show. We're all supposed to talk about how great we are and everything we accomplished. And it's just, I don't know. I'm not going to say that it's Hollywood elites, you know, looking down on us. That's that's not it. I mean, I'd love to be there. I made a bunch of money and owned nice clothes and could bump elbows with famous people in Hollywood. And I'd be there, all right? But <laughs> but I'm not. So it's cringy to me. Steph hosted. Uh, I guess he was, he was fine. Um, and then I saw Grant Williams in the crowd. So I got angry because I didn't need to see his face last night. By the way, do you hear what Grant Williams said on Duncan Robinson's podcast this week? Celtics center, I think second or third year player for the Celtics. This is what he said. Listen to this. Where have you heard this before? Like, I still will say confidently, confidently to this day, they weren't the better team. You know what I mean? Like, I was. Golden State was not the better team. Yeah, I would say that confidently. I would say they were a more disciplined team. I will say that without a doubt. Like, their discipline and also their history of being in the finals. Championship pedigree. Championship pedigree, you say that was real. Yeah. And I feel like at times, like, when you go back and watch the film, like, we were had commanding, like, either leads or had opportunities. We went on runs, and next you know, we just, like, turned it over three times because we missed three shots. Cause yeah. we, instead of making the right read, because we missed those shots, we started forcing things. And just stuff like that, the discipline of just making the right play over and over and over again, we didn't play with. Interesting. Okay, so Grant Williams is saying that the Boston Celtics were the better team. Oh, who said that? That's right. That was me. Now... He said that the Warriors were the more disciplined team. One could argue that discipline is part of being good. So in order to be a better team, you also need to be disciplined. But personnel, uh, shooting, defense, I I mean, Celtics were the better team. So I just, I want to bring that up because, you know, I said that during the Bucks series, the Heat series. This is laughable. The Heat series was so laughable. It's funny that the Celtics let that get to a game seven. Such a joke. They were so much better than Miami, so much better than Milwaukee. Milwaukee almost got him. Took Jason Tatum scoring 46 points at Pfizer Reformed to even get that game to a game seven. They were better than the Warriors, uh, personnel-wise, defense-wise. But I just mostly wanted to play that 
take my victory lap. Anyways, he was at the ESPYs last night. So was John Hamm. You see John Hamm at the ESPYs? I'm a big John Hamm guy. I like how he is in a bunch of commercials. He doesn't have to be, but I like how he is. I'd love to get John Hamm on the show. Right after we get uh, Jimmy Buffett. We get Jimmy Buffett, and then we'll get John Hamm. If anyone knows, has any connections with uh, John Hamm or Jimmy, you know, hit me up. Maybe we can get him booked. The best part of yesterday, as far as the ESPYs goes, um, people were sharing the Norm MacDonald monologue from, I think it was 1998. I saved a couple of clips. This, I think, is my favorite joke that he did. Hey, have you heard about this? Ted Turner and NBC plan to start their own rival football league to compete with the NFL. And uh, not much known about the specifics of this new league, except for this, uh, it will suck. (laughs) They know that. So they might have trouble, you know, getting advertisers when we know it will suck. (laughs) I don't know why that delivery makes me laugh. It's not over the top. There's no there's no thought into that joke. It just, <laughs> it will suck. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny, but I do. You had a joke about the Nuggets that I really liked. I saved this one. Yeah, the Nuggets are having a bad year this year, man. Matter of fact, they're making a film about the team. They got a pretty catchy title. It's uh, Black Men Can't Jump Either. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love Norm Macdonald. This about the Winter Olympics. His, his comedy's so simple, right? He doesn't say very many words. There's no thought. It's not a riddle that he's giving you. Well, how about them Winter Olympics? They're finally underway, so we've got a lot of great stuff to look forward to in the next two weeks, like uh, hockey and, uh, well, just hockey, really. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I like the Winter Olympics. I'm a weird sport guy. I was tweeting earlier today about the Tour de France. The Tour de France is... A sneaky, underrated sporting event. It's on in the morning, which is awesome. I mean, if you have my schedule and you don't work in the morning, like I don't come into work till 10 or 11. So a lot of times I get up, go for a run. And while I'm making breakfast, you know, I, I, what's on? I want to watch something. Tour de France being on in the morning is awesome. Now, if you've never gotten into the Tour de France before, here's what you got to do. We all have that friend that's really into biking. Some of us have more than one friend who's really into biking. I lived with two guys in college who biked constantly. Like, they would bike 50 miles a night. We'd get home from work in the summer, and they'd be like, yeah, just casual 50-mile ride over to La Crescent. It's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's a weeknight. I mean, 50, take, yeah, take it easy. You're right. Good call. Jesus, 50 miles. But it was really fun because we would wake up on Saturdays, and in college, we didn't have anything going on, so we would watch the tour, and they would explain all of this to me. They're like, yeah, this guy keeps pace for this guy, and these teams were in the climbing stage. This is going on. Super intricate, really interesting. I'm not an expert. But now I can appreciate all of the details that go into the tour. It's pretty cool. I'm not going to act like it's the greatest thing in the world. But I am a weird sport guy. I like water polo, cross-country, swimming, track guy in high school. I, you know, I'm, I'm, it doesn't just need to be football football with me. Um, but that joke about the Winter Olympics is funny. And, of course, the end of his monologue, this is probably the most memorable joke. And there's Charles Woodson. How about that? I want a season he had. He became the first defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. And congratulations, Charles. That is something that no one can ever take away from you. Unless you kill your wife and a waiter, in which case. So, can I speak about something personal with you? It's not that personal, but. So, the OJ jokes, right? That's really funny. 
Sneaky, there's a, there's a bunch of regrets I have about being born in 1998, even though it was out of my control. I would have loved to be a, a young adult in the 90s. The 90s seemed like an amazing decade. And maybe those of you who actually lived through the 90s, maybe you disagree. But the Packers were amazing. Again, not to, to be this guy, but Jimmy Buffett live albums from the 90s are electric. And then the OJ trial, honestly, what can I can I compare the OJ trial to anything that has happened recently? And also, like, I don't know if I could because we're all on our phones. So we're getting updates and things sent to our phones all the time. We could check Twitter with OJ. That was all pre social media. So you would watch it on TV like you would gather around at work around a TV and watch it. That would never happen today because we would get little tidbits trickling through on our phone and we just treat it as ho-hum everyday life because we're getting you know, trickles of, of information about this and that on our phones all day long. It, we're, we're normalized to it. What was the OJ trial like? You know, I watched that thing that uh, OJ Simpson versus the people or whatever with John Travolta, Cuba Gooding Jr. It was awesome. It was super cool. But I, I can't imagine what it would have been like to actually like be a functioning adult and live through that. That's what I was thinking about today, watching this Norm MacDonald stuff. It's like, man, what would that have been like? So the 90s, really. The you know, the 70s and 80s, that's different. Um, but the decade of the 90s. I was born in 98, so I missed out. Missed the boat. I missed the early 2000s, too. I have some memories from 2001, 2002. Very, very like small little blurbs, but that's about it. Yeah, I missed OJ. Still regretting it to this day. Also, would have loved to see Jimmy Buffett in his prime in the 90s. I, I would claim that his prime was the 90s. Man, that band's just so tight in the 90s. Um... Let's talk about Juan Soto. All right, let's shift to this. Yeah, let's talk about Juan Soto. So, All-Star Week, Soto's in the headlines, wins the home run derby, plays in the All-Star game. We're all talking about it, right? Bob Nightingale flies in with a stunner today. He's reporting that seven teams have called Washington. Mariners, Padres, Giants, Yankees, Mets, and guess who? The Cardinals. Of course. Of course the Cardinals are in on it. So Bob Nightingale tweets this. I'm going to read his exact words just to make sure we're not leaving any meat on the bone with this. And I didn't save the tweet, so now I have to look it up. Okay, great. This is going to be this going to be good radio. Bob Nightingale, scroll down. Good job, Grant. You were prepared. It says, the Washington Nats, <laughs> nice, Bob, <laughs> have begun fielding preliminary offers for Juan Soto with seven teams already weighing in, including three in the NL West. Mariners, Padres, Giants, Dodgers, Cardinals, Yankees, Mets. The trade deadline is August 2nd, but Nats will wait unless they get the right deal. The Brewers should be on this list. Okay, can I just, I don't mean to be this guy. I don't mean to like always be yelling at the Brewers to do something, but do something. Even if you're just in the mix, at least pretend like you're trying. At least fake it. The Brewers have enough to get Juan Soto if they want him. I think they could give up. A lot of their top prospects, and maybe Ashby or Ethan Small. And you might have to throw in, I don't know, what else would they want? But the idea that you'd have to give up Burns and Woodruff and all your prospects, like, no, I don't I don't think that's the case. Maybe we'll see what the Hall ends up being for him, but the Brewers apparently wouldn't even know because they haven't called, according to Bob Nightingale. I saw a lot of Brewers fans today on Twitter and social media and bloggers and just Brewers accounts. Right, tweeting, oh, God, anywhere but St. Louis, anywhere but the Cardinals. God, don't let him go to the Cardinals. Brewers fans, we have to completely and totally 
adapt a different personality and a different mindset 100% about this team. This team has broken us. They've worn us down after years of being perennial non-contenders, years of not winning anything. Like, the Marlins have a World Series. The Twins have World Series. Like, other teams have won World Series. The Brewers obviously have not, and it's worn us down in the way we talk and react and follow this team. We're going nuts. We're like, oh, God, anywhere but St. Louis. You know, it's not every other team's responsibility to take it easy on us. It's like, oh, I hope St. Louis doesn't X, Y, Z, do this, that, or the other thing. It's like, well, if you don't want the, the, the Cardinals to do it, maybe the Brewers should do it first. Instead of sitting here cowering, saying, oh, anywhere but the Cardinals. Well, how about we say, hey, Brewers, get it done. Instead of hoping he doesn't go to our rival, it's not every other team's responsibility to take it easy on us. Think of the 1960s, okay? Think of the space race. Pouring all of our resources and our energy and we're trying to beat the Soviets to the moon. It's a good thing Atanasio wasn't president in the 60s. He would have called, here's what Atanasio would have done. He would have called Russia and I say, and I, again, this is the voice I use to, for every owner. This is Mark Murphy, but this is also how I think Mark Atanasio and the Bucks owner sound. Hey, uh, uh, Khrushchev, yeah, how are you? Yeah, it's Mark. Uh, you know, well, good, good, it's good. How are you? Uh, listen, I see that you have launched a satellite into orbit. And, uh, well, you know, to be honest with you, uh, we're, we're just not quite that far along. So if, uh, if you could uh, politely, please, maybe slow down and, uh, and let us catch you or... Or uh, maybe, you know, maybe just uh, just wait. Just let us let us go to the moon, please. Um, you know, that'd be great. I, I know that you guys are doing satellite. You got Sputnik, and that's great. But, uh, you know, we're not quite there yet, so please. It's like, well, the Cardinals already have Arnado and Goldschmidt, and they're beating the Brewers. If they just had a healthy rotation, if Jack Flaherty was healthy, the Cardinals would be beating the Brewers in the division right now. And if they get one or two starting arms at the deadline, they're going to overtake the Brewers. The Brewers need some life. They need some juice. And that is on... Atanasio and Stearns to make it happen. It's not sit and cross our fingers that the Cardinals don't do anything. I'm upset about this. I think this is a good analogy, by the way. I think space race is a good way to look at it. We are, in some ways, in a race with St. Louis. It's an arms race, isn't it? Although I wasn't alive in the 60s or the 90s. We're just covering all the decades, so I don't want to speak out of turn about something I didn't experience. Let's talk to Dan and Broadhead. 608-796-2558. 608-796-2558. What's up, Dan? Oh, not much. How you doing, Grant? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm just preemptively getting upset about the trade deadline. Just a couple weeks ahead of time. <laughs> Easier on myself this way. Well, and that's why I called. I, I wanted to ask you because, number one, I, I also thought that the White Sox were in that little group of teams that were calling. Uh, I saw I read it somewhere. I don't know if it was Nightingale, but it was somewhere on like a, an MSN headline page or something. Yeah. Um, my question and the, the worry that I have is that, and I think you should too, is that do you want to give away all your prospects in the hopes that Juan Soto brings a World Series to the Brewers? Because if you guys swing and just miss or just make it there and lose, you, you still are a loser of a World Series, and then the next 10 to 12 years of your team is, is down the crapper. So I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, I would rather go to the World Series and lose than sit on our hands and let this pitching pass by without ever even getting back to a championship series or a World Series. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. The Brewers have been bad forever. We've gone decades without making the playoffs. 
I'm not, I mean, this is our window. This is our time. I understand what you mean. The the one thing that would give me pause with Juan Soto, and I would love to ask David Stern to give him a truth pill to, so he could actually tell the truth. Are, are you not going after Juan Soto because you don't want to invest and give up the prospects and pay the money for the next three years? Or is it because you think Juan Soto alone isn't enough? Okay, if that's the case, then those prospects and that money better be going somewhere else. And I don't think that's going to happen with the Brewers. That would be my issue. Yeah, and that well, that's yeah, that's what I feel like with you know with the with the White Sox. Like I think they have a good team, but they might not be ready to take it all yet. And I don't know if Soto would would be worth giving up. You know, say one of our you know main starters and whatever prospects we might have. You know, along with you know they'll probably ask for an Andrew Vaughn or somebody that I really don't want to give up. Yeah, I'd probably take your top prospect. Probably another top ten. It would take a ton. Um, but then again, and this yeah. is my approach. I would want them to get Juan Soto and then also be aggressive this offseason and next trade deadline. So I like I wouldn't stop at Soto. I would still try to be aggressive. Um, but here's here's another thing, Dan. Like Juan Soto's don't become available every day. So what if we pass on an opportunity to try to trade for Juan Soto and then this offseason stinks, no one good is available, and then next trade deadline, no one good is available, and it's like, okay, well, we have all these prospects, but we never end up using them for anything. Well, so so are, are you saying that you would trade for Soto and then try to sign him? Because I don't know no. if anybody has the money that he. So you're you're just going to rent him for the rest of the season. You're not going to have him on your team next season. You he, so he's under team control for this year and then two more. He's going to be arbitration three and oh, four. Okay. So the price is going to go up, but he's not going to hit the open market. So I, what I would do is get him on this team for the next three years and do everything you can to win while he's here three years. That's a long time this year and two more. It's, it's not a, a two month rental. You know, that's what I would do. I, I don't want to resign Soto. I I'm out on 10 or 12 okay. year deals. 100%. I don't want him. Okay. Well, yeah. When I saw that he turned down that, you know, 14 or 440 million, I'm like, well, nobody's going to be able to sign him if he's turning that down. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't like the Brewers can't do that, and I don't even want to do that because when you sign a deal like that, your flexibility is gone. What the Brewers could do: trade for Soto, add aggressively this offseason and at the next deadline, so next fall. There's your window, and then you let Soto leave for nothing. Shocker, but that's okay, Brewers fans. We can do that. Trade off some pieces, and you start your rebuild. It kind of fits the the window that the Brewers have, anyways. Yep, understood. All right. Well, it's always good to talk to you, Grant. I tried to take a shot at Dave yesterday because he was talking about how the Cubs didn't trade away their guys. And I, I said a text to you, but I don't know if you read it. I was like, well, they also gave up Dylan Feast, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Like he only leads the American League or leads the majors in strikeouts. They gave up Cease and Glaber Torres and Eloy Jimenez. I don't really know what to, but to Dave's point, like he's like, well, they called up all their guys. Yeah. But the, the stars that they didn't call up, they also traded away. So sometimes you need to. You need to trade away some guys to win a World Series. So thank you for, by the way, that was very considerate. Thank you for taking a shot at David Minona. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> All right, Dave. All right, Grant. Have a good one. Yeah, that's Dan in Broadhead. I am five or six minutes late for a break, so let's take one. Come back. We can talk more about this for a few minutes, and then we're going to talk ticket prices, beer prices. Yeah, let's complain that going to the ballgame costs too much. That'll be, that'll be fun. We'll do that in a few. Wisco Sports Show back in three. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco 
Sports Show. Going to talk ticket prices in 10 minutes or so. The Hustle put out this really cool graphic, this study of how much it costs for a family of four to go to a ball game at all the parks in the league. And I just think it's interesting. You know, how much are the tickets, the hot dogs, the beers, the sodas, the parking, right? All of it. The 50-50 raffle ticket. That's actually not included on here, but it should be. <laughs> Can't go to a ball game. Not get a 50-50 ticket. Come on. We're going to talk about that in 10 minutes. Give me a call or a text. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Brand. Yeah, I want the Brewers to at least do their darndest to try for Juan Soto. Got a text here that says trade Yelich and small and more if needed to get Juan Soto. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Yelich will really get their motor running. Hey, do you want a slap hitter that's making $26 million a year? Yes? All right, he's yours. Go ahead. I don't, I don't know that they're going to be all in on that. I would be surprised. Um, I actually, the Nationals, I don't want to put this. So the Nationals should pay Juan Soto. You don't just let guys walk. I'm kind of, I'm just kind of irked at baseball. Not the, the sport, right? The pace of play or the lack of action or any of that. That's not what I'm talking about. That's also something that bothers us. I know we're all annoyed by that. But I'm just kind of irked by baseball in general. And the way that these owners operate, right? They're also cheap. The fabric of how these owners operate and how they make decisions, it's based on pinching pennies, like these long contracts, that deal they offered to Soto. That's, that's not a deal about winning. That's trying to lock up your star so you can sell jerseys, sell tickets, maybe contend here and there, but mostly coast. And in eight years, that deal's going to look really cheap. Whereas if the Nationals were actually serious about winning, it's say, hey, we'll give you five years, but this many millions of dollars. We're going to try to build around you. And in five years, if you want to go somewhere because it's not working out here, all right, fine. Like a normal sports contract. That's why baseball contracts suck. I don't want someone locked up for 10 or 12 years. It's dumb. Uh, and it's bad business practice. It's bad sports business practice for some of these GMs. 608-796-2558. Brenda's in Madison. What's up, Brenda? Hi. How are you? I am swell. If I was better, I'd be spinning. What's going on with you? There you go. Not a whole lot. Um, I agree with you. I think they should try for Juan Soto. I think the timeline makes sense. Yeah, he's going to be expensive for those, like, two and a half years. But the timeline really makes sense. Get him on there. You know, add them in and see what happens. Pay, pay out the nose. We've got this pitching for at least the next two years, right? This year and next year at least. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part. After that, it's kind of a wild card what we'll have. But, you know, get them on the team. Get through the rest of this year. Get through next year. Because this, this year and next year is really our big window. Yep. 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 Well, you know, the, it fits the timeline. So the timing is right. Yes. And timing is everything, Brenda. Isn't timing everything? It is. And if they got to go above their salary cap, um, come on. You, you can go above so we can contend. Come on. Why? Keep in your pocket yeah. and go above your salary cap. Because it's not the baseball salary cap. It's like the Brewers salary cap. Why does so, like, one buy a sports team if every once in a while they don't want to spend a little money to try to win with their sports team? Exactly. And it's an investment to, like you said, go for it. They have this pitching window of only really this year and next year, maybe into the third year if they maybe keep one or two of them around for next year. But really, it's these next two to three years that is the Brewers' window to try. It is. I just, so many of these teams are so cheap. And it, it just, it. And you got, know what? 
Yes. Give them give give our top five prospects. Oh, God, Go I ahead. Love this. I love it. Yeah, you burn know? the what we're saying this week. Burn the boats. Burn them up. Trade all the prospects. Trade them all. Get bats. Try to win trade this year and next. Amen. Right, exactly. You know, and then get a whole bunch of new prospects in the next couple of years, you know? Well, and what's, go for it. What's you know? nice about Soto is he's, and this is what Tyler and Chippewa Falls text in, what's nice about Soto is if the Brewers' window is this year and next, well, Soto's under team control for this year and two more. So Soto could be in Milwaukee for one final year, and if the Brewers don't think they can contend, okay, well, they can trade him and get something back to start the rebuild because they have that extra year. Exactly. <sighs> Makes too much sense. Makes too much sense. If the Cardinals get Soto, I'm going to lose my ever-loving mind. Oh, I will, too. Cause are the Cardinals? Well, I guess they're, they're, they're right behind us. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I will lose my mind, too. Anywhere but the Cardinals or the Cubs. And the Cubs won't because they're on a fire dumpster sale still. So, uh, you know, yeah, no. Anywhere but the Cubs or the Cardinals. The Cubs, the Pirates, and the Reds are all trying to lose. Uh, the Cardinals and the Brewers, I'm not really sure. Like, they have good teams. Now they have weaknesses. The Brewers need offense. The Cardinals need pitching. I would bet that the Cardinals address their weakness at the trade deadline. I'm not so confident about the Brewers. Yeah, and if they don't do anything and they sit idle, that's going to be really frustrating because we all know they need to get at least another bat in there. Like, the pitching, they could use maybe one more reliever in there or one more maybe starter. But that's a maybe. You know, you don't absolutely need that. We need another bat or two. Juan Soto and a couple of other guys would be a good start. Get another starter. Get get any good major leaguer that's available. Just all the guns that you can wrangle together for this year <laughs> next. That's what I'm looking for. Not even being picky. Well, and, and like I said, you know, trade away the prospects. That's fine. There's more prospects that will come out next year and the year after. You can repad your prospects. That's not that hard to do. There's always you know? prospects. Win now. And the prospects, how many of the prospects actually pan out? Well, yeah, that's the thing. And another thing, like, the Brewers can just rebuild. We've been rebuilding forever. We're really good at rebuilding. That's something we're comfortable and good at, so it's fine. We'll rebuild I'm in three years. So sick. I'm so sick of rebuilding and just going with the status quo. They need to they need to stop acting like a small market team and be a little bit more like the Dodgers and the Yankees and go, hey, you know what, we're going to pay some money because we want some decent players. I mean, you look, you look at these stadiums around the thing. The ones that don't pay the ball players, the stadiums suck. They, yeah. There's hardly anybody at there's hardly anybody at the ball game. The Brewers are always probably at least half full, if not more. Um, you know, even on a Tuesday afternoon, they're at least half full. You know, it's like, come on, the people go to the games here in Wisconsin, even when and we're yes, bad. Small market. But you know what? Yeah, even when we're bad, exactly. So, but let's do something. Let's put our name out there. Let's win a championship. You know, come on. Want money it. and trade away the prospects. Want it a little bit. Go for it a little bit. I love the attitude, Brenda. I appreciate the call. Thank you. It's nice to hear from you. <laughs> have, a, have a good weekend, bye. Yeah, you as well. That is Brenda in Madison, 608-796-2558. Speaking of going to games, I have an extensive list in front of me of ticket prices at each stadium, parking, drinks, Food prices, hot dogs, all of this. It's really, really interesting. And I'm not I'm not about to go on a rant on how things cost too much. That's not what I'm going to do. I just think it's fun to compare the differences in all these ballparks and 
you know, I, I was going back and forth on Twitter today with someone who lives in Rice Lake, and he's like, hey, the money isn't the problem here. I'll pay for the tickets. I'll pay for the parking. I live five hours away from the ballpark. That's why I don't want to go. It's the time. It's buying gas. It's driving. It's then needing to get a hotel. It's all these other things, right? So we're just going to talk about the logistical aspects of going to a game and the attendance and how these teams are making money. I think it should be interesting, and it'll be a fun conversation. That's coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Kenny and Heilprin, by the way, coming up in about 20 minutes. Zach Heilprin, Ben Kenny. I'll be in with Ben on the Bill Michaels show tomorrow from 10 to 2. And I got to ask him about this whole caprese salad incident. I'm not going to call it a controversy or a debacle. It was just an incident. I heard there was caprese salad and uh, in a blanket down by the Capitol. I just, I, I want to know more to the story. Ben Kenny is a man of mystery. I want to hear more about this. So I'm going to have to ask him about that tomorrow. 608-796-2558. Give me a call or a text. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Now, I'm thinking this will be a lively topic. This will be fun, I think. Now, earlier this week, you might have seen this on Twitter, uh, The Hustle comes out every year with this study of all 30 Major League Baseball ballparks, right? And what it costs to go to a game. So I'm looking at the big chart right now. It looks like an Excel file. It says cost for a family to go to a baseball game. Total cost for four tickets, four hot dogs, two beers, two sodas, and parking. Uh, and this is in the year 2022. So the most expensive one is Boston. It's like 325 bucks for a family of four. Uh, the Brewers are about middle of the pack. It's about 195 according to this, to take a family of four. Now, you could spend way more or less, which is why I think this study is kind of I'm not saying it's stupid, but I don't know how useful it is because you could get really nice seats. You could get crummy seats. You could bring all of the food and beer and eat in the parking lot before you go in and then just get like one bag of kettle corn to share. That's all you get. Well, I don't know that your ballpark experience is far inferior to the experience of a family that goes in and gets the sodas, the beers and the hot dogs. It's just different and it's going to shake out different money wise as well. But it's fun. I thought we could look at some of these prices and complain about how it costs too much or you know, say, I like going to games, but I'll never get this beer and I'll get this instead. I don't know. I tweeted it out earlier and the replies are lighting up. I still have Andrew Wagner fighting with a guy in my mentions. So I figured this would be a contentious topic. Brewers, it says, cost $195, $31.29 per ticket, $9 per a beer, which sounds about right. You could maybe find a cheaper one. You could find a more expensive one too if you want to go nicer beer. Soda for six bucks, sounds about right. Six seventy-five for a hot dog. Parking, 13 bucks. Isn't parking a flat 20? I don't know. Maybe it depends on where you park. 608-796-2558. Eric on I-90 is here. What's up, Eric? How you doing, Grant? I'm doing good. I'm enjoying the All-Star break. We're talking about how much it goes to, or how much it costs to go to a game, which is going to get people riled up, which I enjoy. Well, I can speak to that. Okay. Go go ahead. Please speak to that. That, sound, that last, sounds lovely. Last Last Brewer game I was at, um, had great seats right down behind Old Plate. Mm-hmm. Went up to get a couple drinks. My wife wanted a drink. I wanted a drink. Or 
We wanted something cool and refreshing, so it was going to be vodka lemonade. Okay, I was going to say, are you so, a beer? Are we talking beer or liquor? You're a vodka lemonade man. I like this. Another piece well, of the puzzle. It was, we wanted something refreshing, so it had to be lemonade. Okay, right? okay. I agree. Lemonade's always refreshing. Mm-hmm. So I got up there, and I'm like, I'll take two vodka lemonades. And he's like, singles or doubles? And I'm like, oh, man, it took me a long time to walk up here and a long time in line. I better get doubles. Right? Mm-hmm. Good call. What were they? Let me. Can I guess how much they... Can I guess how much they were? Yes. Were they like eighteen bucks? They were. My total bill was fifty-four dollars. Oh, just for two drinks? Wow, they're not even that expensive at Pfizer. Drinks. I remember getting double rum and cokes, and they were like eighteen bucks a piece. Damn. Fifty-four dollars. So I went holy polio. <laughs> that's expensive. Yeah, that's a little much. But it's too late, you know. I, I, it was too late. They were sitting right in front of me, so I took them, right? Yeah. So that's, you know, you got to be, you know, there's ways to go down there and be thrifty, like you said. And mm-hmm. Then there's just stupid people like me that well, go up and order double vodka lemonade. And I know? think that the tough part is, Eric, and this is something I wanted to talk about anyway, so this is something we can talk about. You're from this side of the state. I think it's a little bit more expensive for people to drive across the state, not just because they got to, you know, pay for gas and they got to probably get a hotel, but... We get our tickets ahead of time, right? I, I have friends who live in Milwaukee. They never get tickets ahead of time because they'll wake up in the morning and look at tickets that come available that day. Well, if I set aside yeah. a Saturday and a whole weekend to go to a game, I can't do that. I got to get my tickets ahead of time, and that's going to cost me more, right? And then when we're there, we want to experience yeah. the ballpark because we're never there. So we're liable to buy a little right. more. So if, if you live hours away from the ballpark, it's going to be more expensive than if you drive from right around the corner. And it's not just the traveling. It's kind of everything that I just mentioned. Right. But now on the other hand, we went out to eat in that restaurant that's at Miller Park or American Family Fair or whatever they call it now. Yep. There's a restaurant in there you can eat at. How was it? That was really good food, and that was not ridiculously priced. Oh, okay. It was, so, so all all, there's other things I want to talk to you about, though. Grant. What's up? Well, yeah, um, hit me. I, I was up. I was up in your your area, your neck of the woods there. I spent like four days or four nights up on Lake Wasoda. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I rented a little VRBO up there and had a great time. What'd you do? Did you do some fishing? Did some fishing, pulled the kids on the inner tubes. Oh, that's you know, fun. That kind of stuff. Oh, I remember doing that when we were um, little. That was, that's tubing with the kids is fun. Those are That's, that's some solid numbers yeah. right there, Right, right. And then the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was Better Call Saul. Oh, wasn't the episode good? I just watched Monday's episode last night. We did, too. We did, too. We just watched it last night. So So, I I like how they tie things up. Do you think that's it? Do you think it's so I I don't want to be I don't want to be a spoiler. So let's try to speak or just turn the radio down for the next 30 seconds. Is that it? Or or do you think she... Because my worry was that the character, who I, we had a big you know t- twist with this character this week, my worry was that she was going to be killed somehow. And I was hoping that she just got out of Dodge safely, and that seems to be what happened, but my worry is she comes back and then something terrible happens. But I, I think we might be out of the woods with that. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I think everybody likes her, yeah. you know, and they don't want her to have a... Uh, it's uh, a bad ending. Yeah. I've been obsessed, though, with how are they going to do this timeline? They did a time... Uh, can we say that? They accelerated, yeah. A like, little fast-forward at they the end of the They accelerated time. Yeah. 
right? So I'm, I'm still obsessed with how they're going to tie this in, but, you know, it's, I don't like it this watching it this way because normally I'm way behind. I can watch episode after episode. Oh, no. Like a box of Captain Crunch, right? I can eat the whole box. <laughs> sure, yeah. And now I only get, like, one bowl at a time. Oh, my God, I feel bad. I well, like this is that. cool because we can talk about it episode by episode then. That's kind of why I, I like it. You can check out the reaction on social right. media and talk to people about it. I, I enjoy it. They tied up a lot of things, though. They tied up a lot of... I, I just think that now they got to go to to Gene. I think they got to go to Gene, and there's got to be an antagonist, right? And I think the antagonist is the taxi driver. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. So, yeah, there's a bunch of timelines at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to talk about that at the end of the series. I completely forgot about that, Eric. Damn. Okay, well, now I'm thinking about that. Damn. I, hey, Eric, by the way, I got to say, this is one of your better calls. We talked about three things. We went bam, bam, bam. You provided a nice anecdote about you getting vodka lemonades. We kept the pace up. This was this was good. Good call. Good work. All right, bud. We'll, we'll try to do better next time. <laughs> We're always trying to do a little better every time. That's Eric on Eddie. Thank you for the call, Eric. Um, Eric, by the way, I'm going to start tomorrow's show. I'm going to write a monologue like uh, Norm McDonald at the SBs or last night it was Steph Curry. We're going to have the, the whiskeys tomorrow. Not really, but I'm, we're going to have an opening monologue. So I'm going to get the laugh track out. I'm going to have the fake crowd sound effects. And uh, I'm going to shout out a couple of guests and a couple of callers, and we're going we're gonna to let some zingers fly. And, Eric, just know that because your call today was one of your, your better ones recently, uh, maybe I'll take it a little bit easier if, I were, if I'm going to throw a, a roast or a zinger your way. So I appreciate that. 608-796-2558. We have a story from Daryl via text about his experience at a game and what it cost him. So we'll get to that coming up next. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. Kenny and Heilprin on deck. Zach Heilprin, Ben Kenny. I wonder what they're going to have in store for us. Starting at 6 p.m., talking Badgers. I know Ben will be tweeting out the details at Ben Z. Kenny. I tweeted at Zach earlier today. Maybe he wasn't in the mood. I don't know. I think it was Jeff Patrikas tweeted today that the Wisconsin at Iowa game sold out. Oh, no. Can't get tickets anymore. So I, I tweeted. I thought it was, you know, just seeing what Zach was up to. I tweeted, uh, it's a good thing Zach and I will be in the press box because I want a road trip to that game with Zach. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it made him laugh. He, he's probably just busy. He didn't have time to, you know, like it at the very least, let alone, you know, reply or retweet it or anything like that. We're talking about uh, how much it costs to go to a ball game. We're referencing this report by the hustle. I mean, I'm making it sound like a Marquette law poll. It's not. It's just a compilation of. Ticket prices, beer prices, soda prices, hot dog prices, right? All of these different things. Parking. Um, and the brewers are in the middle. I guess the average ticket price is 31 bucks. I was talking with Eric. For those of us who drive from three hours away or four hours away, we got to get our tickets in advance, which means it's going to cost more. If you live five minutes from the stadium, you can roll over in bed in the morning and make your coffee, get lunch, and then when season ticket holders release their tickets for the day because they're not going to go, you can get cheap tickets day of. 
But if I'm planning to drive across the state and I got a hotel, well, I, I can't really leave it up a chance like that, right? So that's a tax. That's a tax on the, the fans in the Northwoods on the west side of the state. Not cool, Mark. Cone Roller is here, 608-796-2558. What's up, Cone? Hey, Grant. How you doing? Good. I, I see now I know you live in Phoenix. The Arizona Diamondbacks have the lowest price for a family of four. It's only $126, apparently, to take a family of four to go see the D-backs at Chase Field. So you should take advantage of that. I am. I'm I'm Bruza there first week in September. I'm planning on going to at least one game. Maybe I mean I might have to go to the whole series for those prices. You also They're need to have paying me to go to the game. Yeah, you, you also need to have two children by that time to really take advantage of the cheap prices. It's it's kind of a family of four thing, so get on it. Well well what do I got? I got what? Two months? I can I can make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um you can get on that. So did you I mean you lived in Milwaukee. I think you went to UW Madison, right? Did you ever drive from Madison to go to games? Yeah, they they would have uh, you know a lot of like kind of student events where they source some buses and um, have you know buses to go to the game and it was the best actually because you know you you didn't have to worry about getting a ride there you got a couple beers in the ticket package it was great yeah, that sounds awesome the only problem was it was school buses so if you ever had to go to the bathroom on the way you were you're peeing in a water bottle it's an hour. It's an hour. I will not hear. I get this from other people. Okay, but when you're when you're drinking all day, getting ready for the brewer game, how long can you go without peeing? Can you make it an hour? Oh, I'm so. well aware. I've taken a bus from Lacrosse to Milwaukee, and I polished a twelve pack and was drinking Jim Beam last time we went. Now there was a bathroom on the bus, but think about me. I, I I'm 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 a I'm a shy peer. I can't do the moving bus. It's too hard. So I'm well aware of your of of this issue. Yeah, it was it was funny. Uh, my buddies and I have some good memories from those trips of peeing in a water bottle. Well, yeah, and then the game, and then you know just getting tanked. <laughs> Mostly the game. You get a. I, I had a caller earlier. Uh, Eric told us that uh, two double vodka lemonades at American Family Field will run you over fifty five bucks. That's a little much. I mean, I get they charge you up a little bit, but that's come on. That's insane. And you know, same on the same note, Summerfest alcohol prices are ridiculous i bought two vodka red bulls and like two seltzers it was like 80 freaking bucks the vodka red bulls they'll they'll charge you up i so my issue wasn't the prices with the Summerfest bartenders it was how slow they were and they had to id everyone and look i get it's the law but like geez can you i'm trying to go see two chains like can you expedite this process a little bit exactly yeah all right, Cone. I think we did enough complaining. I'm glad I'm not the only one who struggles yeah, to pee on a bus. Enough complaining for my for my day. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks for the call. Yeah, see you, Grant. Cone roller, uh, peeing on a bus. Yeah, it's a tough challenge. Anyway, you you split it. Get a text from Daryl here. It says went to a brewer game on Lacrosse Day. Bus trip different than road trip. Didn't didn't have to decide if we wanted to tailgate or not. Spent my share for New Jersey's for myself and my grandson. Plus uh, other stuff from the pro shop. Still bought drinks, popcorn, and ice cream in the team helmets for three. Spent over 600 bucks uh, the day, not including tickets and the bus trip. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but Daryl, you're a high roller. I mean, that's that's what I just read. You were going there, and you were going to light some money on fire in a good way. You know, treat your treat your sons, treat your grandsons. Absolutely. What kind of jersey did you get them? Hope you didn't get them a, well, I mean, who would you buy? If you had to buy a jersey right now, who would you buy? think i mean chase peterson honestly i'd get a jace peterson t-shirt jersey as a bit i have a i have a hard time getting a jersey as a bit i'll get a t-shirt jersey as a bit like i was talking about going after game six 
and my buddy had a Malcolm Brogdon t-shirt jersey on. Perfect t-shirt jersey to own. You can still rock that, too, although now he plays for the Celtics, which is kind of tough. But Malcolm Brogdon t-shirt, Jay, perfect jersey. I think Jace Peterson t-shirt jersey might be in the works for me. I might be done buying jerseys. I might have hit the age where I, I no longer wear them. Unless, like, I wore my J.J. Hardy jersey at Summerfest, but that's once a year. I might be out of the jersey game. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin, coming up next. I hope Zach's on the, I hope Zach's okay. Like I said, I he wouldn't interact with me on Twitter, so I hope everything's okay with Zach. Haven't heard from the guy. Enjoy Kenny and Heilprin. I'll be in with Ben on the Bill Michaels Show tomorrow. Talk to you then.